Hi there. Welcome to the Soul Gym Podcast. My name is Daryl Jones. I wrote a book called Soul Gym, a manual to connect mind, body, and spirit for soulful living. The book is direct and brief, outlining the practices and exercises I have been engaged in for 20 years personally and supporting others with professionally for 15 years as a spiritual coach, mindfulness instructor, and minister. This podcast is support for the journey. Oftentimes, the gap from reading something, understanding it, and applying it to one's life can be great. Let this be your weekly inspiration and coaching to fuel you in living a soulful life. Get ready to stretch your mind and strengthen your heart as we step into the Soul Gym. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome once again to the Soul Gym Podcast. This is Reverend Daryl Jones. I am so excited to be with you here today and to continue this conversation of working out in the Soul Gym. This idea of living a life where we are constantly in practice and exercise to better deepen our experience of soulful living. I had a great opportunity to pause this past um, weekend. So in 2012, um, so just about 11 summers ago, um, I graduated from ministerial school. And five years prior to that, or actually more than five years, um, gosh, almost six years prior to that, I uh, went through another training program to be what's called a spiritual practitioner where I could sit and pray with people in the community where I was um, attending at the time and to ultimately professionally support people with, um, with their personal spirituality. So this is something that has been going on for a little over two decades for me. Um, but at the end of my ministerial, my formal training from the Holmes Institute, I uh, had the opportunity to speak at the, the graduation, just a few minutes, and my mother stumbled across the, I don't know, two-minute recording of me talking about uh, this ministry that I was seeking to fulfill. And it just humbled me, um, you know, just kind of like, being fully vulnerable and open and, and, and disclosure here, I am approaching my 50th birthday in August of 2023. And as I do so, I'm conscious that I'm putting a lot of weight upon this uh, milestone of, of birth, I guess, to think of it as kind of the um, halfway point of living in life. And I I just have been very humbled by the fact that I may not get to see the fruit of a lot of the labor that I feel like I've been putting into the world. And that's not a good or bad thing. It doesn't necessarily make me sad. It's just humbling to recognize that 
um, most of the time when anyone does something significant in the world, whether it's an artist, whether it's a minister, whether it's a teacher, they don't get recognized immediately in their life. Um, rarely does anyone get recognized. And if there is recognition, oftentimes it's after someone has passed away. And I guess just the, the mortality of it all, realizing I, I, I in my humanity and in, in my ego wants to have recognition while I'm still alive. And there may never ever be any recognition for the endeavors that I bring forward. And if there is um, some sort of significant shift or change in the world systemically, it may not uh, be in my lifetime, um, at least not this lifetime. But regardless of that kind of humble awareness, the gift that listening to this graduation speech has bought, brought me is kind of back to the fundamentals of why I said yes to being a minister and why I'm living this life and the work that I do. Ultimately, um, I stepped into this just like you, just like anyone else on the spiritual journey. Um, I was trying to figure out what in the world was going on in my life. I had experienced um, marriage and then separation and then ultimately divorce. Um, and that was something I wasn't planning for, something I, you know, there's no training for that. It didn't uh, show up in my undergrad schooling. It didn't uh, show up in my high school years or junior high years. It didn't wasn't something that I was trained for. So I was trying to figure out what to do with my head and heart as I went through that challenging time. And when I first said yes to, to professionally considering doing this work um, in the realm of being a spiritual director or a spiritual coach or spiritual director or minister, however you want to label it, I heard these words that I am here to love and be loved. Now that was um, something that came to me uh, just about my living period, right? And ideally, in terms of the soulful life, the soulful living that we can do, there isn't any separation between our personal and professional life. Who we are in our personal life is who we are in our professional life. Whether we are in a meeting with a client, whether we are teaching students, or whether we are at home by ourselves or with friends and family, we are always the same person. And in terms of a purpose, a, an intention, um, I just had this awareness that I'm here to love life and to be loved by life. And it sounds noble, it sounds powerful. Um, on some level, it sounds simple. <laughs> I have uh, the experience of these 50 years of it not being simple. It's actually complex and convoluted once we enter our ego and humanity into it. But regardless, I'm here to love and be loved. That was one of the first things that, that pulled me into my spiritual practitioner studies. And then as I approached the end of my ministerial training, um, which came about again in this graduation speech that I heard, I, there was a part of me that didn't want to step into traditional ministry where I was standing behind a pulpit leading a congregation on Sunday mornings. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I did that for years and I love it. Um, but at the core of the purpose 
of anything that I do was to awaken inner wisdom, whether it was sitting with a client one-on-one, whether it's teaching a class or a workshop, whether it's speaking at a retreat or some other event. I wanted, I want to awaken your inner wisdom. It isn't about acquiring data and having right answers. There is wisdom. There are answers. There is intellectual knowledge that dwells within you and has always dwelled within you that um, can be awakened. That is what I've been trying to awaken in my personal life to help me anywhere and everywhere, whether it be professionally or personally. And the insight that I had over my time in my personal journey and my journey in supporting individuals and groups and in spiritual community is that the awakening of our inner wisdom is a daily job. It is something that needs our attention all the time. And that there are acts, uh, there's access to this inner wisdom through practices, through exercises that we can do um, that give us, give us the access to that inner wisdom. And that is how Soul Gym came about. But what I'm really, really feeling into today is I said in this in, in my my speech at the graduation that ministry is not a job, it's a way of living. And I had that modeled to me by my father and by my mother, my mother being uh, a retired registered nurse and my father, who's now passed away, um, but lived his life as a Christian minister. And both of them, their ministry was just a way of living. They had jobs and titles that were in caring roles, but it didn't matter if my mom was in her nursing whites um, at the hospital or if she was listening to someone share their life story outside of the hospital in the church community. It didn't matter if my dad was talking from the pulpit on Sunday or if he was at the grocery store and someone from the community came up and started sharing with him their ministry, their way of stepping into life was um, not turned on or off at any point in time. It was always on. And the way that I saw that was in this, this realm of pastoral care and pastoral care has lots of definitions that, you know, there's courses on it, there's books about it, but ultimately it, to me, the way I've always thought about it is um, a, a pastor is someone who cares for the congregation. And pastoral, if you think of something as, as a pastoral or a pasture, there's this need to care for nature, to care for the plants and the life, um, to have pastoral living. Um, so an individual who practices pastoral care, or who lives pastoral care, is in the living of caring for people. And um, that is what I feel called to do. I'm here to love and be loved. I'm here to care. And I can't turn it off. Um, I find myself, you know, sitting in, in, in a restaurant and overhearing a conversation and I hear someone struggling with something in their life. I don't always lean over and say something, but I feel that impulse in my heart. I feel that, um, that leaning in my spirit. And sometimes it's just a quiet, silent affirmation in prayer, um, wishing them well, wherever they may be. 
the other moments I may be more formal about it and invite someone to have a conversation with me, whether it's having uh, a moment of prayer together or maybe they come into some spiritual direction and coaching. Um, but that is what I can't turn off. That is my ministry to awaken the inner wisdom of the individual and care for them no matter where they are. And one of the images that I use and have used is water. And I, um, there was a quote from the, the book, um, The Tao of Leadership. This was a, an interpretation and iteration by the author John Hyder. The Tao of Leadership took the, the Tao de Jing and, and I think he wrote it in the 80s, did his own um, interpretation, remix, if you will, to make it pertinent to those in leadership, which I think everyone is in leadership, but in particular those working with teams in the corporate space, those uh, who are leading in the educational space, whether you are a teacher leading students in a classroom or you are a department head or a principal or um, a dean or in some role where you are uh, assisting and coaching the other members of the educational department. We might be uh, a, a minister leading a community. We might be um, a social worker working with a group of people. There are so many different ways that we are in leadership. And the principles of the Tao and the principles in the Tao of leadership are universal. And I really, really love the philosophical um, teachings of the Tao because they are drawn in, from nature. They are inspired by what Lao Tzu witnessed in his years of meditation, contemplation, and study of just observing nature. And I'd like to share with you today the, uh, some of the words that I read at my graduation speech from this chapter, in particular on water. It reads that the wise leader is like water. Consider water. Water cleanses and refreshes all creatures without distinction and without judgment. Water freely and fearlessly goes deep beneath the surface of things. Water is fluid and responsive. Water follows the law freely. Consider the leader. The leader works in any setting without complaint, with any person or issue that comes on the floor. The leader acts so that all will be that so that all will benefit and serves well regardless of the rate of pay. The leader speaks simply and honestly and intervenes in order to shed light and create harmony. From watching the movements of water, the leader has learned that in action, timing is everything. Like water, the leader is yielding because the leader does not push. The group does not resent or resist. There's so much to pick apart here. And this, this brings me back to one of the core exercises in the soul gym and that is inspired and inspirational reading. I have always been drawn to books of inspiration, whether it is a fictional book or it is a non-fiction piece of writing. 
I pretty much don't have patience for it unless it inspires my heart. Um, and I've realized that this is such a big fuel for sustaining my spirit. It is such a big fuel for sustaining my mind and my heart and emotional space to stay on this journey of spiritual living, to stay on this journey of staying connected to the depths of my soul. When I worked in the corporate world more formally as an admin and as an executive assistant, um, some of you may still be working in that realm now, I, it was a cubicle setting, right? So it was not, uh, there were offices, but I didn't have a position that allowed me to have a door to close. I had a cubicle, um, but it was, I had my little workspace that was mine, that where I did my work. And I was the guy who had all sorts of quotes up in his, um, in his cube. I mean, I, I, I plastered, it was almost like wallpaper. And the quotes came from anywhere. They came at the time, one of my first big inspirations and mentors was uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, who is now past in transition, bless his soul. Um, Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, sometimes it was a quote from the Bible, sometimes it was like uh, uh, this quote here from, from the Tao of Leadership, I would quote directly from the Tao itself. Um, sometimes it was, uh, Oprah Winfrey or some other, you know, celebrity that just said some powerful words, but I would, I would type it into a PowerPoint presentation onto a big slide, big, bold words, and then I'd print it out on a piece of paper and I would tape it or pin it to the wall. And I just kind of surrounded myself with these words of affirmation, with these words of upliftment. And I guess inherently I knew at the time that it was doing something for me. Um, I didn't really enjoy the the job that I had from the standpoint of it was it was an administrative job um, I did not have an aspiration of being a, a secretary my whole life um, but it was something that I could do it involved working with people um, but I knew that there was more for me and there were times when it could get really heavy and I would feel a little um, challenged I would feel a little sad because I wasn't doing something else and those were the words that I would lean into and remind myself that I was okay and that I was on purpose and that I was on path and there would be more if I just stayed on the road. So words and inspirational reading is such an important, important practice to incorporate into our spiritual life. And in the more traditional religions, whether it be um, thinking in particular of the Abrahamic faiths, whether it's Islam, Judaism, or Christianity, we talk about the books, right? The holy texts. Um, that could be the Torah, that could be the Quran, that could be the Christian Bible, often called the New Testament. Um, but it doesn't have to be sourced only from holy texts. Sometimes music lyrics are some of the most inspirational words that I have had speak to my heart. And so I just want to challenge you in your gym, in your soul gym, as you work out this week, as you exercise, maybe let yourself either find your way back to some familiar words, as I did, reminded by listening to that graduation speech, 
uh, find your way back to some words that inspired you at one point in time, or maybe go on the search to find something new. Maybe you need a little uh, freshness in your world. These words about the wise leaders like water that cleanses and refreshes all creatures without distinction and without judgment is bringing me to a time of the work that I feel compelled to do uh, with individuals and with groups. In this day where we are not necessarily doing anything new, but it feels heightened that we are discriminating, that we are shaming, that we are excluding people in our lives. Um, I want to be like water, a water molecule hydrates the bigot and the water molecule hydrates the activist. It, 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 it gives of itself without distinction. Water refreshes and it does so by just flowing with where it is needed, where its level is being um, sought. And that is inspiring me in the work that I want to do with you and with anyone, I don't want to hold back. I don't want there to be any distinction of who I will and won't work with. And it's been something that I've been challenged with since I've been um, licensed as the minister as to whether or not to call myself out and to use the title of reverend because so many people have baggage around that title, around the word minister because of maybe some history that they've had with the church or with other clergy. I just use it as a level of distinction because that is the path of work that I have done. It is a path of study that I have been in. But if there's something on your heart and you need to talk to somebody and you're seeking to find a deeper way of engaging your spirit and finding some peace in your mind, please know that I am here to be of support without distinction. Whether you say I'm a full-on believer in God or energy or the universe or life or not, that doesn't matter to me. I'm not even here to be a certain type of minister. I don't consider myself to be Christian even, although I do love Christianity, but I also love Judaism. I also love Islam. I also love uh, Taoism. I love Buddhism. I love Hinduism. I love Zoroastrianism. I love science. I love all of the systems that have been created by humanity to understand life. And I think we all have affinities to these different religions, to these different sciences, to these different philosophies. And within all of them are some inherent wisdom. I'm here to awaken your relationship. I'm here to support you in awakening your connection to that wisdom. So there's no distinction, there's no belief, there's no dogma, there's no specific thing that I want you to believe other than you are worthy of time for yourself, other than you are worthy of practice to uh, live a life that is rich and full and abundant and whole and loving and complete. It doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter what you didn't do. What's most important is that you desire to enrich your soul, that you desire to live a deeper, fuller um, life. And I am here to assist you in that without any distinction. I want to be water, to be like water um, as a leader, 
in the world and in your life, but not to create dependency, actually to help you in that self-dependence, that sovereignty, that ability to care for yourself. But just like anybody on the planet, we are social beings and we need to connect with others. I know I do. I do a lot of work by myself, but one of the most profound things that has happened for me in this year is working with a mentor, working with a sponsor minister, um, connecting with some of my colleagues on a regular basis. That is what is allowing me to really step into the second half of my life as I approach 50. It's allowing me to step into a new phase of my ministry with conviction. And I want to support you in stepping into the rest of your life with conviction, whether you are six, whether you're 16, 26, 56, or beyond, we all can use a little bit of support and connection to remember the truth of who we are. So let's connect to a practice um, that I always like to use to end these times. It's the practice of prayer or affirmative word. But before doing so, I want to challenge you this week. It is Monday, July 10th. There'll be another Soul Gym podcast coming up next Monday. But between now and then, you've got some homework. And that is to every single day, find a paragraph, find a couple of sentences of words that inspire you, that ignite something within you to... Awaken that inner wisdom and inner knowing so that you can step into your day regardless of whether it seems like an easy day or a hard day. You can step into your day knowing first and foremost that you're going to be all right. And then secondly, that you have whatever you need to get through that day. How awesome would that be to wake up every day for the rest of this week and the first thought that you have is, okay, I'm enough. My life is enough and I have everything I need to get through this day. How might that change your attitude towards whatever is in front of you? You look at your calendar and you go, oh my gosh, I got to talk to that person. I've got the meeting with this client. But you've got what it takes. You've got what, what you need to handle it all. This is what inspired reading does is it reminds us of some of these inherent truths that we are sufficient, that we are enough and that we have what it takes. And it allows us, it reminds us to step into the day and do what we need to do. I'm so grateful that you chose to take a few minutes to join me in this Soul Gym podcast. Let us bring our time together with a few affirmative words in prayer. A nice deep breath in through the nose. If it's safe and comfortable for you to close the eyes and let your attention come into the center of your being, to your heart, as I recognize that at the center of the being of life, whether it be my life or your life or anyone else's life, is the center of love. It is the beingness of the whole spirit, of what some call God, of what some call mother, father, presence, of what some call the great one. We give it so many names. We identify it by so many things, but what I know is that it is ever present. It is here now. It has always been and will continue to be. And the law of this essence is that it seeks to do one thing, and that is to manifest and propagate and expand itself through all of life, whether it is the flower in the field, or if it is you in your life, 
the law is seeking to expand itself through your existence. We are one with all that is, and all that is is one with who we are. So from this place of oneness, I speak a word today and say yes to inspiration. I affirm that there are some words, some that are sought and that you know, you find them yourself. And then we welcome the, the, the mystic, magical, unknown part of the world to bring words to us, to bring inspiration to us, to bring to us reminders that we are okay, that our life is enough as it is today, and that we have what it takes to get through just this next day and to expand into the next. May we awaken our inner wisdom and may that inner wisdom also be mirrored outside of us through people, through places, through words, through stories, through songs, whatever it may be. I affirm that today is a day that inspiration has made. So let us be the inspiration. Let us read the inspiration. Let us see the inspiration. Let life be inspiring. Let life be in spirit. And we remember this by connecting to the breath, to the spirit of life itself here and now. I'm so grateful that we've come together to do just that in this Soul Gym podcast, to remember the inherent truth that life is good, that God is good, that we are here to be in that goodness and that it is not something we have to get. It is not something that we have to justify. It's not something we have to beg for. We are it. We just need to remember. So let the words of inspiration remind us of our inherent greatness as we step into whatever awaits us in this day. And so I let go of this word, allow it to just move through our minds and hearts and souls and spirits and day with ease and with grace. And so it is. Amen. Thank you again, everyone, for joining in the Soul Gym podcast. I look forward to praying, to practicing, to talking, to being inspired with you again. Thanks for stopping by the Soul Gym. I pray you experience some greater self-awareness, inspiration to experience a richer, more soulful life, and motivation to start working out your mind, body, and spirit today. Remember, you don't need to be anyone other than the unique expression of life you already are. However, to grow into deeper, soulful living, daily, consistent exercise is needed. If you'd like some support and help building and growing your personal soul gym, reach out and let's connect. I would love to do a one-on-one -on -one session with you. Explore more soul gym offerings at RevDarylJones.com. That's R-E-V-D-A-R-R-E-L-L-J-O-N-E-S.com. Until next week, may you practice love, light, and laughter.